Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Combatant in Vietnam. And to the praise of God, I want to start with a story from Vietnam. I had nearly completed my one year tour there, and I was on a, an assignment in the middle of the night to fly in a Huey helicopter along the Cambodian border in the south. And our job was to watch for the infiltration of the North Vietnamese who were coming down through Laos, Cambodia, and then into Vietnam in the south. And then what we would do, of course, we would bomb them, we would uh, bring in other troops, we'd call in other planes. And so we flew for two hours along the border, and that was the fuel capacity of the plane. We came back to the air base to, uh, thank you, to refuel. And something happened in the process of refueling because when we took off, the plane was not stable. We got to about 200 feet and the plane begins to wobble like this. I've got earphones, I'm not the pilot, I'm commanding the operation, but I've got earphones on and I hear this loud, loud whining because the plane is in danger. And we begin to descend. We're, we're, we're like this, we, be, we begin to descend, and I know I'm going to die. The plane is full of fuel. We've got flares, bombs, ammunition, and uh, I, I see my life pass before me, my whole life, just in an instant, like they say, it happens. It happened. Well, thanks to my future wife's parents, I'd read the Bible during my year in Vietnam. I bought a copy right before I got on the plane to go. I read through the whole thing the year I was there. I'd known about Jesus. I'd gone to church as a kid, but Jesus was, he was something else. He, he wasn't real. But in that plane, about to die, I cried out, Jesus, save me. Just those few words. Well, you know what happened. Because I'm, <laughs> I, I, in a in a nanosecond, I saw him, brilliant white, just as it's described in the Transfiguration, and in another nanosecond, the plane stabilized. We were in the treetops. The plane stabilized, and the pilots got some altitude. They came around and they landed and we all ran off the plane. But I, could, I, I was in awe, I was in shock, as I actually am today. I'm shocked. I'm amazed that Jesus is real. I was amazed that he could stop a helicopter from crashing. And I was even more amazed that he would do it for me. There was no reason for him to do it for me. I was not a righteous man. And I was a very proud man. But he did it. And so I immediately went back to this Bible. And then in the next four days, I'm pouring through my Bible, looking at all my notes, try, trying to understand that this is a real, a real savior. I come to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul says, Christ died for our sins. Oh. 
Now I understood. He had died for my sins. Crazy thing is, I survived. I should have died in that crash. He should not have died on the cross, but he did for our sins. I trusted him as Savior, August 1969, and my life has taken a whole different course. Uh, David wrote about it in Psalm 30. He says this, he pulled me up out of Sheol. He saved my life that I would not go down in the pit. That verse describes what happened to me in Vietnam. Jesus is, is, is well, if there's a mistake in the Bible, and there isn't, Pastor, I'm not saying there is, and if there is a mistake in the Bible, it says that God says, I'm the good shepherd. He's actually a wonderful shepherd. Yeah. Wonderful shepherd. And so I want to talk about the 23rd Psalm, another Psalm of David. The 23rd Psalm, you probably all know it. But let me read it. And if you have your Bible with you, I'm going to read from the ESV. That's your, the, the version you use. And let me read this familiar psalm. Let me just say, how many of you have memorized the 23rd Psalm? Ah, oh, there are a few, yeah. It's a great one. I recommend it. I recommend it. While, while you're at the stoplights, memorize the 23rd Psalm. It's a wonderful psalm. Here, here it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The word of God given to us by David. So David was a shepherd, right? He was the youngest of seven boys. And when we first encounter David in 1 Samuel, David's out in the wilderness with a sheep. Not a lot of sheep. It was not a wealthy family. He was poor. But here he is out in the wilderness. No one would want to be a shepherd. How boring would that be? A bunch of sheep. But while he was there, he discovered what God was doing for him. He was taking care of David as David was taking care of the sheep. There in the wilderness, David learned how to use the sling so well that he could kill a lion and a bear with his sling. So well that when he came up against Goliath, it only took one stone. There was not one soldier in the entire Israeli army that was willing to stand up to Goliath, and young David was. And with one stone, he took him down. He learned that being a shepherd. While he was out in the wilderness, I think he took a harp with him. And he'd sit up against a tree, and the sheep would graze, and he would play his harp. And he, be, 
became very good at it. So that when the king, when Saul discovered David, and when the devil was, was tormenting Saul, he called David to come and play the harp, and he was so good at the harp that Saul found peace. But he learned that out in the field as a shepherd. And he saw that God was in charge. So one way to read this psalm, the opening line of the psalm is this way. The Lord is my shepherd. God wants to be more than just our savior. What? Wants to be more than just our redeemer, our healer. He wants to be our shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Have you said that yet? Are you letting him lead? That's what's so exciting for me to be here when Tom and Mariana exchange their wedding vows because the Lord has led them very carefully as their shepherd and brought them together. It was probably 25 years ago. I was here on Sanibel Island on a vacation. It was early in the morning. I wanted to have my devotions. The weather was beautiful, just like it is today. So I took my Bible and I went down to the beach and I leaned up against the post and I'm, I'm opening my, my Bible for my morning devotions. There's no one on the beach. It's just beautiful. And suddenly I hear a word from the Lord, my shepherd. And he says, John, you can leave now. What? I've been the pastor of a church, senior pastor of a church for nine years at that point. I enjoyed, I love being a pastor. I love being a pastor as much as your pastor loves being your pastor. Pretty intent. Come on. <laughs> the Lord said, you can leave now. I had no plan to leave. I had no, no particular desire to leave. But immediately, I, I thought of all the things that I would love to do in ministry. And I, I was panicked. What am I going to do? If I leave the church, what am I going to do? And I, so I, I immediately prayed this verse. Lord, you have to be my shepherd. You have to be my shepherd. Or I will make a mistake. I'll go the wrong way. You know, and it's not just for people in ministry. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. You understand how complex our world is, don't you? The human body, incredibly complex. The economy, incredibly complex. Human relationships, they're complex, aren't they? They're beyond our comprehension. International events, we need a shepherd. What's going to happen if the candidate you prefer does not win on Tuesday? Wait a minute. I, I personally, I have never been as upset or concerned about the future of our nation as I am at this moment. But the answer is the Lord as our shepherd. Amen. Business is really complex, isn't it? It's more complex than we know. All these things complexities show us that compared to the complexities, we are like sheep. We need a shepherd to guide us 
Green pastures, still waters. The sheep are so secure, so safe, they will lie down. They're pretty secure. You want to be there, don't you? Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When the Lord is your shepherd, you can expect goodness and mercy. You'll have hard times also, right? Right through the valley of the shadow of death, you may walk. He may lead you. In the presence of your enemies, yes, you may be there too. But the good shepherd knows. And even there, he prepares a table for you and your cup overflows. Right? Don't you want him to be your shepherd? Wouldn't you say, Lord, I'm not going to lead myself anymore. I want you to lead me. Yeah. So I was sitting on the beach having devotions, and I claimed Psalm 23, 1, Lord, you've got to be my shepherd. And uh, it took a year, a full year, another year of pastoral ministry before I knew which direction I should go. And it was to join Luis Palau, uh, international evangelism. It was on my heart. I'm not an evangelist, but he is. And it's amazing to see how the gospel is spreading all over the world. I've been to many countries now. And there is not a country in the world where the gospel is not known and planned, where there are not churches, believing people that share the same faith that we have, the same love for Jesus as we have. Amen. So, people groups. There are, by some estimates, 12,000 people groups, ethnes, in the world, the whole world, 12,000. Jesus said, go into all the nations, preach the gospel to all the people, all the nations, all the tribes, kindred, tongues, preach the gospel. And when, the, when that's done, then the end will come. All right. So as of 10 days ago, of the 12,000 people groups that exist, a, a staggering number have been reached. Now I say reached because that's the term that this organization tracking these uses. Reach does not mean that there's a church, does not mean that they are a Christian nation yet. It just means that there are at least two witnesses of the gospel living in the, among those people. And of the 12,000 possible people groups, there are only 187 that have not been reached. Only 187 people groups. And there are, there are groups lining up to get to those people. Isn't, isn't that, we live in amazing times. So another way to read this passage is, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, Yahweh, the creator God. The sovereign, the one sovereign God in all the world. He is my shepherd. Yes. And he's wonderful. Amen. He's wonderful. Uh, uh, David knew this. Somehow in his experience, he knew this. Because when he came up against Goliath, and Goliath, I mean, right, very, very tall man. Uh, Kate and I lived in uh, Portland, Oregon. We still live there, just outside Portland, Oregon. And Portland has a, uh, an NBA team, the uh, Trailblazers. And for, for many years, the center 
for the uh, Portland Trailblazers was a man named Arvidas Sabonis. He's Lithuanian and he stands seven feet three inches tall. Huge, 300 pounds, seven feet three inches tall. Probably would hit the light. And he was good. He was, I mean, he was really good. He wasn't fast. He'd all, you know, when the team would run down to the other end, he was always the last guy to get there. Big, tall guy. But I thought about him as Goliath. And you know, the forwards, many forwards on the NBA teams are under six feet tall. They're short because they're so nimble and they can move so quickly. Well, David was a ruddy man, he was a handsome man, but Goliath was bigger than even seven feet tall, and with one stone, he was able to take him out. But before he does, he says, he tells him, Goliath, I'm going to, t I'm going to kill you. That all the earth may know there is a God in heaven. I'm sorry, there is a God in Israel. There is a God in Israel. That all the earth may know. Now, I actually think that the story of David and Goliath is one of the best known stories in all the world. All over people know about David and Goliath. So what he said has happened, but he had a purpose. David had a purpose greater than just fighting or tending sheep. He wanted the glory of God to be known. What God led me to do was to work with business people in many nations, many nations, every continent, Christian business people who want to operate their business in such a way that the glory of God can be seen. Right? Honesty. That distinguishes most, most businesses in most of the world. Just being honest. Justice. Love, a love for people, the people you work with, the people you work for, demonstrating justice and love, honesty. These values, among all the others that are in the scripture, make a tremendous witness in these nations. And when the eternal God, Yahweh, is your shepherd, he will do what David said, he will lead you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Not just that we get wealthy or successful or famous or comfortable or happy. For his namesake. And when the Lord is your shepherd, he'll lead you. He'll lead you to do that. And so that's what I saw. The Lord led and it has been an amazing 20 plus years now as one thing after another has come together. May I just point out maybe one more thing? Uh, because, frankly, I could talk till dinner time about the leading of God. But I want you to notice that in addition to goodness and mercy, all the days of my life, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, David says. Eternal life is the gift that he gives us. Eternal life. And there are other places where David mentions this. But 
What a shepherd. Not only does he lead us through life and all of its complexities and troubles and evil, but he also takes us to be with him eternally. Don't you want him? Don't you want him as your, savior, as your, your shepherd? It's a wonderful thing to have him as your savior. And as I found when I trusted Christ and my sins were forgiven. And I was born of the spirit. But it's another step to say, Lord, I will follow you. I want you to be my shepherd. In my business life, my family life, my social life, my church life. In, in all of life, whatever you want. Hallelujah. And it's exciting. Amen. It is um, it is so much far beyond what we could come up with, what we could think of. Your plans for your life do not compare with God's plan for your life. Let him be your shepherd, and you'll find your place. He has a place for you. And to get there, you need to follow him. God bless you as you do.